Welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. My name is Eric Francis Coppolino, the author of the Planet Waves Horoscope and host of Planet Waves FM on the Pacifica Radio Network. First, a couple of announcements before I offer you today's StarCast for to Thursday, May 5th, 2022. There is a new horoscope column. It is, as I'm recording at about 3 o'clock Eastern, it is about to come out. That's a weekly horoscope for our subscribers, extended weekly readings that will cover several things that I'm going to go over here, including Jupiter entering Aries and Mercury stationing retrograde. Those are really the two aspects that I, I put most of my energy in the new horoscope into covering. Uh, and we also have a mid-year reading. I uh, do these beautiful video readings once or twice a year. And the next one is about to come out. And it's called Your Future, Your Life. And uh, it is in all 12 mode now. You can purchase all 12 for half price. If you sign up now, sign up early, you'll see if you... Uh, it's, it's basically plastered all over the website. We'll make sure that there's a um, an advertisement at StarCast so you can... See what the thing is. All right, so as for the current astrology, um, we are in one of those rich moments. I know it always seems like uh, there is one, but there's a couple of especially relevant and unusual things coming up. Um, one of them is a double, a double header uh, on Tuesday, the 10th of May, um, at about 8 o'clock in the morning, uh, on that's Eastern Time on Tuesday the 10th, Mercury stations retrograde in Gemini. This happens a few times a year. By the way, I've got a brand new article about that called "Now You've Got a Round to It," about how you should use Mercury retrograde to get around to it. Uh, so that's 7:47 a.m. on the 10th. Then about 12 hours later, Jupiter ingresses Aries. Uh, this is for the first time in about 12 years. Jupiter has a 12-year orbit, uh, and so it doesn't. It does come back to a sign every uh, every 12 years or so. It spends about one year in a sign, on average. It can differ due to the retrograde phenomenon. All right, so I'm going to come back to those things, but that's where we're heading. The other thing, the other place we're headed. Uh, in in the medium short to medium range is a total eclipse of the moon in the sign Scorpio, uh, and that takes place just past midnight Eastern time on May sixteenth. The sixteenth is a Monday night, so we've just come out of a partial uh, solar eclipse that was on Saturday, and then when that happens, generally it's about two weeks until the lunar eclipse, and the lunar eclipse is a total lunar eclipse. And the nice thing about it for those of you in the Americas is that it will be visible uh, because it's happening at night in the Americas. So anywhere it's dark, unlike a solar eclipse, which has a path that it makes, for example, the, the solar eclipse on Saturday uh, cut across the corner of Antarctica and about half of South America and uh, is not visible anyplace else, um, and a partial is not usually that visible anyway, but it, it sometimes is quite dramatic. When you have a lunar eclipse, you can see the lunar eclipse anywhere 
that it is dark, and it will be dark in almost all of the United States at the time of this uh, lunar eclipse. Maybe even be able to uh, to catch it in England, though it's going to be quite near the horizon uh, that far to the east. All right, so let's start over again with a look at the current chart and uh, talk about what has just recently happened since we spoke last one week ago and where we are headed. So um, Venus is now in Aries. That uh, that happened last week, and here we are. Um, Mars is still in Pisces, halfway through Pisces, and it is about to form a conjunction with the centaur planet Nessus. These are not asteroids. Centaur planets have uh, very strong influences, and they, they address deep topics almost always related to healing. And one of the things that Nessus is about healing is trust. So there's a lot of trust issues with Nessus, and there are also issues of taking responsibility for oneself and one's choices. And built right into the Nessus myth, although we we know a lot about planets from things besides the myth, but the myth, particularly in the case of Nessus, provides a lot of uh, subtle details, uh, one of which is to stay out of situations where there is some form of hazy sexual consent, not clearly defined sexual consent. I would say that you are in a state of hazy sexual consent any place or any time where you have to worry about consent. No one should ever have sex because they consent to. If you're having to consent, it doesn't say very much about wanting. So sex is really a matter of desire. It's a matter of intent more than consent. And so if you're having to worry about things and negotiate this, that, and the other thing, eh, you're in hazy territory. Better to stay away. Do something else. It's May. It's Masturbation Month. Go masturbate. That's perfectly healthy and consensual. We'll come back to that in a moment. And by the way, I'll have probably somewhere around an hour on Masturbation Month. I haven't done much with this for a while. COVID has been brutal on the fun things. Uh, but I'll have an hour on Masturbation Month on Friday night's Planet Waves FM on Tantra Studio, loosely titled Masturbation as Sacred Sex. Okay, let's keep going. So Mars makes this conjunction to Nessus, and this is saying, uh, understand the nature of your own desire. Mars is about desire, and understand the, 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 the nature of your desire in the ways that following it maybe has gotten you into trouble, the way that not following it has gotten you into trouble. But I think when it comes to sexual desire, it's always important to remember that there are no guarantees that things are going to go well. There are no guarantees that you are going to feel good. And so when you uh, express desire or what uh, some people legalistically call consent, what that actually means is you're taking full responsibility for your choice. Really, must be that simple. And at any time you're not willing to take full responsibility for your choice, including the possibility that things might not go well, barring 
outright attack and you're not in any kind of a consent situation where there's outright attack, stay away, do something else, watch a movie, go for a walk, play with your cat, get yourself off, but don't mix yourself up with the energy of another person. And this is a somewhat, I'm not usually this assertive in my suggestions, but Mars is indeed conjunct Nessus in Pisces. And uh, we know what those things are about. All right. So um, last night, it was a very exciting aspect. The, the, the sun made its once-per-year alignment to Uranus. Uh, that is a thing, that's an event with a, an expect-the-unexpected type of uh, vibe to it. Um, there, there's always that implication. When Uranus is in the house and conjunct the sun, it certainly is in the house. Uh, whether or not you are a serious astrology student, it's always exciting when you hear about an aspect like that to ask yourself, what were you doing at the time of the event? And uh, for most of us, that was overnight from Wednesday to Thursday. Now, the planets are still lined up with this uh, with this arrangement. So, for example, there is uh, what I'm calling a power sextile right now. Uh, that is a three-pointed sextile. A sextile is a 60-degree angle, but when there's a, an important point at the midpoint of the sextile, so that means it's a th two semi-sextiles stacked together, uh, that, that's, that's something a little bit extra. So th that arrangement is Mars conjunct Nessus in the middle of Pisces, Chiron in the middle of Aries, and then the Sun conjunct Uranus right in the middle of Taurus. We could probably find lots more things lined up with that, but uh, three points on this thing is quite enough. And so this effect, this this aspect is in force and effect uh, for a while. And this is workable astrology. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's not the kind of thing that you're likely to slip on the floor uh, with, uh, have some, some kind of a psychic mishap. But I will say that that's only true for as long as you are willing to take responsibility for your choices. I've been involved with sex education projects since I was a teenager, and it has been rather dismal uh, watching the degradation of the sexual conversation and the ever-increasing politicization of the sexual conversation. And by the way, I have written about that in an article currently on the front page of planetwaves.net, which is about the Chiron return of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision, which was decided one Chiron cycle ago in 1973. So it is already in its Chiron return. There's already been at least one contact of the of transiting Chiron in Aries to uh, to Chiron in Aries in the Roe v. Wade chart. And uh, I do like covering the Supreme Court, and I like doing the astrology of Supreme Court decisions, and this article has both. So you can find that if you're looking at on the cover of planetwaves.net. We also sent out a mailing today. If you'd like to get on our mailing list, just go right to the little form that drops down at the top of every planetwaves.net page. And so I analyzed this, and um, the, the, the way in which essentially uh, the women's movement uh, got distracted and waylaid by a number of things. I'll have more to say about that last night. But it lost the thread. It, it lost the core theme. 
And while it was busy losing the core theme, conservatives were hard at work chopping down the tree of Roe versus Wade, and it looks like they have succeeded. Uh, I will uh, leave it there in this discussion. And like I said, there's an extensive article that I wrote uh, yesterday, or was it Tuesday, um, and then uh, more on Friday's planetwaves.fm. Okay, a couple of more things in this chart. Um, one of the um, gleaming, outstanding aspects that I think is um, a, a uh, it, it is the end of a, of a number of uh, sequences of events that were happening in the late winter and early spring, which was things lining up to make conjunctions first to Pluto and then to Saturn. And we're now experiencing the last of all of those conjunctions, which is the conjunction of Vesta to Saturn. This is a perfect thing to have uh, here in the time of Masturbation Month and in a time when uh, the politics of sexuality has been moved front and center by this decision that was leaked by the Supreme Court. And the the Vesta conjunct Saturn aspect, uh, that's exact on Saturday, May 7th, um, so we're in it right now, and it reaches its exact peak uh, on on Saturday. I'm recording on Thursday. Um, is ab- about boundaries. It is about knowing what is the appropriate thing to do in the appropriate space. I'm looking at this as an aspect of tapping into your inner authority and your ability to make good decisions for yourself. Now, there's much more to Vesta than that. Vesta really is about holding space open for other people and their experiences, whatever they may be. So the Vestal Virgins had this unusual role in uh, in, in the, the Roman Republic, uh, part of which was they, they were these, um, you know, sexually celibate high priestesses um, who could not have sex, certainly not with any other man. I don't know what they did with one another or with themselves, to my knowledge, uh, this is lost to antiquity, and uh, and and maybe no one knows uh, what they did. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't Catholicism, uh, where any form of sexual gratification is considered sinful. So, for example, nuns are not supposed to masturbate, but then again, priests aren't supposed to fuck them or fuck little kids either. So we don't really know the half of what's going on in there. But the other function that the Vestal Virgins had in the time of the Roman Republic was to hold space at official state functions. And they would stand there um, looking very beautiful and officious in their gowns with their special hairdo, which uh, takes quite a while to put together. It's a special weave of the hair into a number of braids that are used to wrap the head at, at the forehead, and, and, and I'm sure they, they had uh, quite a stunning, striking, almost Athenian presence standing there in the room holding space. And additionally, the, uh, the, the tending of the flame also implies holding space, holding space for a specific purpose, and also the definition of space. And that metaphor comes from the hearth around which everything tends to be organized. A home is organized around the kitchen. Uh, in older days, the home was organized around the chimney. The hearth was built first, and then the house was built around it. And then, of course, the Vestal Virgins held space at official state functions 
in the Roman Republic era. And so when we bring all of this into a modern context, uh, and, and of course I'm talking from many, many years of experience, both with things Vestal, my own Vestal life, and then many clients who have opened up about their personal experiences, one of the things we find is that having a powerful Vesta can be about helping relationship partners prepare for their next relational experience. So there's a whole bunch of different implications here. We're experiencing it as uh, as a mutual aspect. It's a thing happening in the sky right now. So the themes resound. Uh, I, I think that we can be looking at the times that we're in and get a sense of, of, of what is going on. I think that the Vesta conjunct Saturn aspect that we're experiencing ever more closely until Saturday, being very close, quite close, about two degrees apart, uh, at the time that this uh, Supreme Court decision was leaked, will tell us something about it. Uh, I have not uh, you know, gotten to the bottom of that chart yet. So pay attention there. The other thing is I consider Vesta to be an important sigil of one's relationship with oneself, with tending the inner, sacred, creative, and sexual flame. Now, what this looks like in Aquarius, in a conjunction to Saturn, really is a, a you know, an interesting idea. But one of my ideas as a teacher of sexuality uh, and a long-standing teacher of masturbation is that we need to make a lot of room in our society uh, for people's sexual relationships with themselves and be encouraging and uh, respectful of the dignity and importance of this relationship and not getting in between people's relationships with themselves. Now, this is not something that is generally talked about so much. Masturbation is still considered this thing that is done off to the side, and we are, are getting more and more reserved and less open about matters of sexuality, even as websites like Chatterbait flourish and, and you could watch, you know, 10,000 people masturbating and 1,000 people having sex uh, at, at any given time of day or night. Uh, th that's one thing, but a knowledgeable, respectful sexual conversation and agreements in relationship are another thing. Uh, entirely. So this is what I'm planning uh, to focus my talk on tomorrow um, when uh, I, I come back to you speaking uh, from the viewpoint of Tantra Studio. All right, I am going to call it a day for now, uh, but I'll just recap. The new publications are uh, a brand new article about um, the Supreme Court decision being leaked, that's on the front of planetwaves.net. You can also check your inbox. There's a new horoscope. There's a new article about Mercury retrograde. Uh, something. There's some pun in the title like get a round to it, or now you've got a round to it. Uh, and apart from uh, Planet Waves FM coming out tomorrow night, that is what I'm going to have for you this week. Um, many people listen to this podcast around the world. I'm here to humbly remind you and ask you that this is part of an organization 
uh, that takes a good amount of effort, people, and expense uh, to bring all of this fine, quality, dependable, let's just say therapeutically and spiritually sound astrology content. So please purchase something from us or become a member. If you're on a tight budget, we'll send you promo codes. Write to us requesting one at cs at planetwaves.net. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, I look forward to catching back up with you tomorrow night at planetwaves.fm, which usually goes up at 10 o'clock Eastern time. I'm usually right on time with that. All right. Once again, stay in touch and bye for now.